We are living right now in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. That's what is called the church age. And that is what is moving fast. It's about to close. It's heading to conclusion. The last days are the final when we are going to have that and after that it's going to be over. We had the dispensation of God the Father and it was the Old Testament. We had a little short interlude between that dispensation and the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. It was just a little period and Jesus came, God came in the flesh, lived among us. And then led us to where we are now. The full dispensation of the Son is yet to come. That is the one that is called the millennium of Christ. Where he's going to be here ruling. So the key to Christian life is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 44. Verse 2, everybody take this like a personal prophetic word. Thus said the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb. Who will help you? Can I hear an amen on that one? God asked me to tell you, help has come. Say help has come. <laughs> Uh, who knows maybe this night is okay is the same man that made you look at the first word is the same person that formed you from the mother's womb that now said I will help you everybody lift up your hands first Say, Lord, you made me. You created me in my mother's womb. And your word said you have promised that you will help me. I know that when you say something, you keep your word. Have your way in my life. <laughs> Have your way in my life. Now, you will see some part of that prophecy will have to do with you directly. Some part will have to do with your family, including your children. Some part will have to do with this city and United States. Say amen to the three of them. One of my assignments that I was given by, and I want you to know, God has never sent me on any assignment that failed. Because when he sends you, he goes with you. The forces of heaven are here. They came with us. I don't care how long possibility has lasted. Not when God steps in. So he said, I need, um, to tell you when I get there, he said, don't preach, don't do anything, don't even teach until you have told them what I said. And I'm here to deliver the two messages he gave me, then I can see if I can do any other thing. 
God asked me to announce that help has come. I don't know what the struggles are. Doesn't matter what it is. The person that made the universe is also the one that made human beings. And then let's narrow it down. He's the one that made you, that made you, that made you. The one that made you has also come to help you. You're not going to carry that burden alone. You're not going to carry that load alone anymore. You're not going to be left there struggling on your own anymore. Lift up your hands. I'm here. My first assignment is prophetic activation. God told me, bring them up. Up here. There is another level of faith coming into your life. There's another level of impartation coming into your life. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to be let loose in your life. You heard about grace. Grace is unmerited. Stop wondering, Lord, how can you help a person like me? That's why it's called grace. I don't deserve it. I don't merit it. But it comes because God is a good God. God is kind. God is gracious and God is merciful. We can't really preach great grace well to understand that it's the nature of God. Those things come out of his character. Actually, grace did not start with New Testament. Grace has been there because he has been there since God. Yes, 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 yes. We are not the first people to be justified by grace. Abraham was. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Israel, whom I have chosen. So now he goes from personal to corporate. He talks to people at the individual level, then he moves to corporate level. Fear not. You know that that guy Jacob lied to his father, deceived his brother. Yet God said, you are the one I've chosen. Jacob, do I love. He messed up big time, yet grace found him. If I was the one selecting, I probably wouldn't have selected him. But that's one thing about God. God does not consult your past to determine your future. God does not ask for people's opinion where he wants to bless you. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? We are the ones hooked up on our past and our failures. And the devil is very busy there. That's what he does. And that's how he stops people from moving ahead. Nobody drives his car and get to his while looking at the back. Accident will happen. And that's what the devil does. He keeps you looking while you are supposed to be moving forward. So what he does, he puts your gear on reverse. This night, put it back on acceleration. That's what God asked me to tell you. That's what God asked me to tell you. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter the failures. It doesn't matter the challenges. Grace has found you tonight. Fear not. Oh, Amaka, my servant. Fear not, oh, Jane, my daughter. Fear not, 
Oh James, my son, fear not, fear not, fear not. Fear not, dominion city that I have chosen. Verse 3. For I will pour water on him that is thirsty. And flood. How many of you want flood? Now, there is first water. But flood now is a deluge. An avalanche. A tsunami. Now, there are levels of anointing. Because what he's talking about now is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, in case you don't know. And then you see the Bible move water thing. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. I'll pour water on him that is thirsty, but flood on dry ground. And I'll pour my spirit on your descender. He starts talking about your children. The antidote to the destructive forces pulling our young people is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If they are not hooked on the anointing, they will be hooked on something else. That's when drugs appeal to them. I gave my life to Christ at the age of 12. There is no appeal. Drug has no appeal. Immorality has no appeal. All this uh, going to club has no appeal. Ephesians 5 verse 18 said, Be not drunk with wine, wherein in excess. Be filled. With, that's the alternative. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Alcohol alone. Leave drugs alone. Leave the junks alone. There is an alternative, my brethren. So I went through the teenage, went to the university, went through the young ad, adult stage, went through all these years, that something years. No appeal. None of these things have any appeal. Because I found the antidote. That's why the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God has your children in mind. Days are gone. You are going to church. You are going for, you leave them behind. You're looking for trouble. Any child you leave without the impartation of the spirit, you have created a habitat for demonic forces. You have created a habitat for a lot of junks. I'll pour water on him who is thirsty. Floods, floods, floods. I started with the outpouring. Then I now let the secret how to move to floods. I will show you the two secrets tonight. Where your life can become a flowing river out of your belly shall flow. What? Rivers of living. And then you can become a blessing to your generation. So it goes beyond Holy Spirit just for myself. You start from there. But you move to the next level where you are carrying a blessing for your generation.
I will pour water on the test, on that man that is tested, flood on dry ground, and I will pour my spirit on your descendants. And what is the last one? My blessings on your offsprings. Let's add verse 4 so I can get out of that. But that's the message. When the Holy Spirit touches you or touches your children, they will spring up among the grasses like willows by the water courses. You become like that tree planted by the rivers of life. Verse 5 said, verse 5, and one shall say, I'm the Lord. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Another will write with his hand, the Lord, and name himself by the name of Israel. You may be seated. This now brings us to the dynamics, the key. We don't just want to shout and go home the same. We want to get what God has promised. If you want it this night, not tomorrow, here, right here now. John chapter 7, verse 37. If anyone tests on the last day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, if anyone tests, let him come unto me and drink. I just read it for you in Isaiah. The water will be poured on the one that is tested. The first key to the anointing is hunger. The first key to the infilling of the Holy Spirit is test. No test, no anointing, no hunger, no spiritual infilling. No hunger. There is a way the Holy Spirit is. He does not go where he is not wanted. He does not stay where he is not needed. He does not go where he is not wanted. He does not stay where he is not needed. The Holy Spirit is not, is not like that girl that will carry herself and throw at you. Which is one of the reasons sometimes women are not valued. Men are hunters. And they hunt for two reasons. They hunt for game and they hunt for keeps. You see the ones that are playing, they just be chasing gear, hunting up and down. They are not serious, but they can tell you anything. Their whole life is still absorbed in themselves. So everything, all those talk, they don't mean it. There is no commitment in their world. They are looking, it's just selfishness that is driving them. And we have that as it has to do with God. So hunter, they don't want a long time relationship. They don't want, they just want one night stand, three weeks stand. He's gone. He's pursuing another girl. There are people who come to God like that. And because God cannot be fooled, he sees through you. 
He knows that you don't want a relationship with him. He knows that you don't want to live your life for him. The Holy Spirit is a relational person. God is love. The greatest need of love is for connection. The greatest need of love is relationship. When you are loved, the only thing you're looking for is somebody to share it with. It was God who discovered that it was not good for man to be alone. It wasn't Adam that said, ah, no, this thing is not good. Oh. You need to do something. It was God because he himself has the same need. Every cool of the day, he will come down in the garden to spend time and fellowship with Adam. Even the day Adam messed up, it wasn't Adam that was looking for God. It was God that came down looking for his friend. That's why the plan of redemption, it was not us that went looking for God to save us. It was God that left heaven and came down in search of us. So you can't say, I found Jesus. No, he was not lost. You are the one that was lost. He was the one that found you. You are the lost sheep. You are the lost coin. You are the lost son, the prodigal son. And he came and found you. Can I hear an amen to that? <laughs> God is relational. He is love. He is a father God. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be a father to you. He wants to be your Abba. Not just your creator. And so the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He carries all of that characteristics of the Father. You are the one the Lord is looking for. You are the one his heart has been yearning for. Yes, Adam, he has been crying after you. Some of you have broken relationship with him. He's not mad at you. He's been crying since you left. Because he loves you. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He doesn't want you to do life alone. He has all the resources to help you. But if you're going to find him, you have to come for relationship first. And then the blessing second. If you want to just get things from him, he will dash you a few things because he's a kind person. There is a big difference between being a girlfriend and being a wife. God wants covenant with you. He wants something permanent, something real. So that you can become heir and join heir with Christ. You can become family. But if you just want transaction, you come to God because you're sick. Come to God because something is going wrong. Somebody's pulling you. Just solve this problem. Let me go. You know, transaction, like you go to market, you buy something, 
you pay the person and walk away. There is nothing. It's like people who carry halots. What do you guys call them here? Hookers. Is that what you call them in US? Just go pay, carry and go. That's the girl too is there for her money. You there, you are there for her body. So, no, that's not the God of the Bible. He is a covenant person. He's a covenant-keeping God. If you want the anointing, if you want the Holy Spirit, if you want the living water, you have to be tested. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm tested for you. Without you, I'm not. I need you. Come and feel me. Is this Canadian preacher that used to come to our country and I'll go for a school said I was a young man a teenager too and at that age of curiosity so I go for some of this program but because I, we see him on TV called Ernest Angel I don't know if you guys heard about him but he's from Canada he prays for the deaf he prays for and you know he came for one crusade in Enugu and I came I was living in a nearby city I came down I found my way into the stadium. Uh, instead of sitting on the seats round, no. I went into the pitch where the sick people. Because I used to make fun of this stuff with my friends who push somebody and then another person will catch him and then we'll put start and kick him. And, you know, because we actually thought that's what was going on, you know. These guys are, what are they talking about? But when I saw his home, sometimes he leaves his hand, the person has fallen. I said, no, it has to be that ring he's wearing. The ring was a wedding ring. You have one. The difference is that you are not on TV. But my little mind was wondering, American wonder, this Oibo man. That's what we call white man, Oibo. Because it got to a point, it was clear to me. So, I, I when I finally heard that he was coming, ah, I arrived very early, got myself inside. In the pitch, where the cripples were and all the people, and of course, it, it wasn't long, the whole place filled up. So, all the things they were preaching that day, I didn't hear anything. I didn't come because I was seeking God to know God. I came because I was curious. The supernatural. But amazingly, something shocked me. A lady brought nine kids from the school of deaf and dumb. They had one in a part of Enugu. They went there and brought nine of them, kept them there. Eight of them heard that night. One did not hear. But for some Mysterious reason, I was fascinated with the one that did not hear. I was amazed with the ones that heard, but I was not wondering why did one escape. 
if he's really God, it should be nine out of nine. Any doctor here? You have any medical doctor here? How can I be in Texas? Okay, there's one doctor. How can we be in the home of doctors and not find one? One doctor. In that particular night, God scored maybe 99 or 98. I don't know what, how to read the percentage. Eh? You guys who are doctors, do you get even 10%? I got a book from Mayo Clinic. He's here. They said all the breakthroughs we have made in medicine, all that we have learned about the human body is just 1% of what there is to know. One, and people are still going to medical school, spending more time than other people. One, and for some people, it takes them almost 15 years to finally start practicing. Just 1% is what we have printed all these textbooks. Many of the so-called sicknesses that you build hospitals for, is just all we have learned is how to manage them. Till now, you don't know how to cure diabetes. Till now, you don't know what to do with sickle cell. Till now, you don't know what to do with HIV. Till now, you don't know what to do with leukemia. I don't want to even touch cancer. And yet, you guys still have faith. You still go to hospital. On one percent. Because whatever that one percent is, is helping us. Am I correct? Now, if God scored maybe 90 percent or 99 that day, it was not God that was the problem. It is us learning how to conduct this power. Both the preacher and the people. There is a conductivity, conduct, laws of conduction, and then there is a law, the law of receiving. Just there is transmission and reception. It is both ends. If everybody can just get it, why are there, where do we need to preach? If everybody can just become doctors, then why do people go to school? If everybody can just become rich, why do we have to go to work? It doesn't have to do with God. It just has to do with us learning. The power of the spirit is there, just like electricity is there. Just like other forces of nature are there. It took us, can you imagine God made man? Thousands of years ago, it's just hundred and something years past now. From where we are now, this thing you call flight. I used it to come here. Just about hundred and something years old, we learned to fly. The very day he made man, Adam opened his eyes after God breathed on him. He saw aircraft flying. He saw birds. He saw eagles. Aerodynamic principle was already here. Because the animals were created before us. If you wanted to learn about swimming, there were sharks, there were dolphins.
all things. Of course, if you want to know how to float on top of water, the dogs are doing it majestically. You don't even see the water. The, the legs are inside. And that's the, the paddle for driving the canoe. The body is shaped like canoe. And the, the, the stuff that moves that canoe is under the water. And you just see it moving. If you want to learn about how to make submarines, just study the sharks, study the dolphins. Some people are still wondering whether it's true that one of those submarines gave Jonah a lift. Because probably you are wondering, how did he, how was he breathing inside? How do people breathe inside the one going under the water? You understand science, but your problem is you don't understand science or wonders. There are both technologies. There are both technologies. And you know, I'm not just a preacher. Eh? I'm a technocrat on this subject. I'm not just talking. So just like you have laws of electricity, you have other laws of nature. There are laws of the supernatural world. The first law, the first law, the first law. Somebody might not look like it. Somebody might be sitting there, doesn't look like the one God will use. All that man needs in his heart is hunger. He becomes magnet. He becomes a magnet. He will develop a magnetic effect that the Holy Spirit can pass a million people just to locate that man. It's not because you are righteous that God is using you. You heard the message on grace. It's not because you are better than the other man. The Holy Spirit is a free gift just like salvation. Both of them were purchased on the cross. Just like it's simple and easy to receive salvation. That's how it is with the Holy Spirit. When you hear men of God, including me, talk about that there is a prize for the anointing. It's not receiving the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. There is another dimension of that that we're talking about. Anybody who is willing to receive Christ is qualified to receive the Holy Spirit. No, Pastor Randall was talking about grace. Maybe I should borrow one or two things from that. Grace is broken into two major. Two major. Um, Will I use what types or groups? You have what is called common grace and uncommon grace. Common grace 
are those things that God has made available for everybody, whosoever. And the Bible will use the word, whosoever believe it, whosoever will it, whosoever is testing. Anyone that tests, let it come. You know it's free, it's available to everybody. There is no discrimination. Uncommon grace are the ones that have certain conditions for getting them. You have to meet those conditions. So they require a price. The Holy Spirit in feeling is part of God's offer of grace to everyone. The two scriptures I said, if anyone tests white man, yellow man, black man, tall man, short man, Poor man, rich man. So if you don't have it, it's not because somebody discriminated against you. It's because you are not hungry. No hunger, no anointing. No hunger, no infilling. Lift up your hands. Let's start solving the problem of hunger. Say, Lord, give me spiritual hunger. Give me tests and hunger for you. Lord, I test for you. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you. You are the one that I want. You are the most important thing in my life. Come and take your place. I repent of putting any other thing before you. I repent of putting money, putting relationship, putting my career, putting myself before you. You are first in my life. You are my very breath. Without you, I'm nothing. That's how I talk to the Holy Spirit. You know, like when you tell that to a woman, she knows that she is. Then that lady can settle and give you her best. That's how the Holy Spirit is. I tell him he's everything that I have. Everything. And when I start talking to him, he draws close. He draws close. Still, boom. Because when he comes, his presence envelops you. He fills your hearts. The worries, the depressions will leave you. The yokes that hold you will break. Because the anointing breaks the yoke. The demonic activities and harassment we lift. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? If you're powerless, if there is weakness in your Christian life, the person you need is the Holy Spirit. But to have him, you have to want him. You have to need him. Okay, 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 okay. Lord, sir, I should explain this to you. There are ways to generate hunger because a lot of people don't have it. How many of you have experienced it? They cook food and everybody is hungry, they are eating. You are not. There's no pool. You have experienced that. Let me see. There are certain things that cause, that destroy hunger. One of them is familiarity. Some people are. Familiar with God. Familiar with the Bible. 
familiar with the things of God. And this particular issue happens to people who have known God for a while, who have known God in the past. Now, this familiarity now has launched them into a dry place. They now live in a dry land. Nothing is happening. No water. They're in a desert, famishing away. Because somewhere in their walk, they got too familiar with the things of God. If you're going to walk with God, uh, you know, my grandmother, she's late now. Uh, there's a proverb, a word in our vernacular that she uses to describe God. It's, it's a mountain like Everest that wait, though you can climb it, you have to respect it. Because people have fallen off and they are dead. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like electricity. You use it in your house, but you have to maintain that respect for it because it can kill you. Hello. To make you afraid of God, but you need to be aware of what I'm talking about. Some of you who cook know what I'm talking about. You've been in the kitchen with the onions and the garlics and all the different whatever, and then everybody's hungry in the house. It happens a, a lot to mothers and then to those of us who cook. Anybody that cooks knows. By the time you have spent so much time with all of this, the food is now ready. Everybody is hungry, they are eating, you are the one that is not eating. Your senses have been dulled with that. Am I correct? Beware of familiarity. You get to church and say it's for worship, everyone is worshiping. You sit down, cross your hand, you know. And you know, America, you guys have style, you have swag. It's time to worship God. You put your hands in your pocket. Father, he's not your boyfriend, he's not your mate. It's not your partner. There are attitudes of worship. There are even postures of worship. You read the Bible, you see it. In heaven, where he lives, the people that are closest, like the 24 elders, like the four living creatures. Those four living creatures, the cherubims, they have wings, six wings. Why six? I thought they fly with six wings to be faster than other angels. No. Two are not for flying. It's just for covering their face. To maintain reverence. Don't get too familiar with God. Because they are the ones around this throne. That's why if you watch them, they're always crying, holy, 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 Lord God. They are worshiping angels. Lucifer fell from that place. Lucifer is not an archangel. He was an anointed cherub that covered it. It was a six-winged creature. Today, he's actually a dragon. Two of the wings are for flying. The other two is for covering their feet. If you watch the 24 elders that sit around the throne, whenever it's time for worship, first of all, they remove their crown. They are all rulers. They, are, they remove their crown, put it on the floor before the one that made them who they are. Then they bow down before him. So you don't have to bow. You look at Solomon that day, the fire fell in the where he was praying. And he started worshiping. His hands were stretched out like this. 
And you will see many places where they do that. In my upbringing, I was brought up as an evangelical. There is a style we use like this. I started doing that as a child. Even as an adult, it's, it's still with me. What it does is to put your thoughts. You know, because sometimes you're trying to pray, your mind is flying up and down. That's bringing your soul together so that you can focus on him. That's what that. And he actually helps people. Just like in meditation, you see this Eastern, uh, whatever that practice, yoga and all that. There are postures that help you connect to the other realm. Then there is standing up because of reverence. Just like when they sing your national anthem. If you go for the inauguration of, your, of the U.S. president, you are there. And then it's time for the national anthem. What do people do? Some put their hands like this. Even your footballers. Some stand like this. Do you see anybody sitting down? Eh? If we can do it in respect for the flag, not only the flag of the United States, different countries do the same. What about? Then you can sit, but inside you put your spirit man in a posture of reverence. You know, in US, there is nothing I don't see here. You come here, worship is going on, somebody is pinging. Phone. Then other times you see them, they are chatting. They will sit at the back, they are just worship. See? Do you know what worship is? Bedroom ministry, holy of holies ministry between you and the Father. When you start a relationship with Him, that relationship is service through worship. So it's like sex. You and your wife. It's time you're answering. And she starts pinging. Or a guy is on the phone chatting with another person. There's something called the gift of presence. Your body can be there, but you are not there. Hmm? I hope you know you can be with grace, even on the bed. And in your mind, you're with Jen. I hope you know that. So God said, these people worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Lift those and say, Lord, Lord, you are number one in my life. Nobody, no nothing created, visible or invisible, can take your place. Not even my children, not even my spouse, not my career, not money. Those other things have their place. Okay, I need to get out of this hunger thing. But uh, the Holy Spirit actually told me to solve this problem because one of the greatest enemy of spiritual progress is comfort, prosperity. I'm a blessed man. God has blessed me. I've worked with him um, for 30 something years now and he's been progressive. But I will tell you something. Sometimes people are more on fire 
for God when they are in adversity than, than when they are in prosperity. And this is why in the making of a child of God, in the making of a man of God, in the making of somebody God is going to walk with and go far, there must be wilderness somewhere in the journey. Understand the purpose of pain. Is the refinery. Is the refinery. Nothing beats hunger like it. When you are going through challenges. Everybody cries out for God. So somewhere, I went through my own wilderness, but somewhere I settled, I entered into a deal with the Lord. I said, no, no, no. You don't have to use wilderness to now make me to move to the promised land. I have made up my mind. My soul cries for you. Like the dead pants for the water. Because in those days, that's the only time I have spiritual life. That's when I, I have prayer life. That's when I remember my Bible. Once weeks have gone, months have gone, there is nothing happening. One year, two years, ah, when last did you read your Bible? Oh, when last did you have your devotional? Oh, I went through this stage. Prosperity tends to breed vices. Adversity breeds more virtue than prosperity. So what God has done is that anyone that will live a godly life in Christ Jesus will go through either persecution or some form of tribulation or adversity. Somewhere in your development, he is going to have to permit that. Even Jesus, the son of God, Hebrew said he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Hello. So when adversity comes, God is not trying to destroy you. He's not against you. He's not angry with you. He's trying to process the refined product. If you leave your crude oil, if you leave your gold raw, if you leave your precious metals raw, they will not reach their full potential. So they pass them through a refining process. That's why you build refineries. Those that God will take far, he does that for them. And I will now tell you, so the Lord now taught me an alternative to wilderness. Eh? Yeah, he taught me an alternative. You don't need to. If you find out that you have crisis of hunger, you've tried the thing no day. You don't have hunger for the Bible. It's not that book you only have for junks. This movie, the latest movie, all the junk music and all of that, there is a way to solve it. Or fasting. Yeah. Fasting will do for you what adversity will do for you. It's the same thing. But this one is now self-imposed discipline. Instead of it coming from outside. Let me tell you something. There are five appetites in human beings that God put there. It's all the gift of nature, but the first, the lowest, is the appetite for food. 
drinks and all of that. The loss of the flesh. Yeah. It's not a bad thing except when it goes off, out of control. Glutonity, alcoholism, and a lot of other things like drugs and other will come in. And a man becomes bound, a slave of something he eats or something he takes. Now, it has become another thing. There is a lot of food addiction in the U.S. Because the things you throw away can feed other countries. I was listening to a man of God talking about how that they went through hard time in their life on their way to where they were. And what they were talking about is that they were living in just, you know, three-bedroom apartments. And that they had only one car. So him and his wife had to alternate the car. I say American preachers. So that's what to you is poverty. You need to come to Africa and know what poverty is. But the guy is correct because he's comparing himself with maybe the ones who have jets, who have limousines, who have whatever. That's what. You are in the land of plenty. That's why just small change in your, the cost of your gasoline. I saw, I saw, since I've been here, I see Americans complaining everywhere. And I understand that. You are left over is prosperity for many countries. So watch the first appetite. And, and I don't know why. It's something about American food. Sugar, 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 everyone, sugar. Do you guys want to kill everybody? Donut, it's already very sweet. You coat it again with sugar. So, the first appetite, food. That's the lowest. Next to that, sex. Oh, yes. It's a natural appetite created by God. It has its proper purpose. If you take it out of there again, danger occurs. All these things have uses and they have abuses. Just like the other man becomes a drunkard and becomes a gluton, this other man can become promiscuous. Now, by the time you take care of these two, you have left the realm of the flesh. Then you move to the soul. And you meet the need for money. The need for possession. It's not bodily need. It's a soulish need. It does certain things to you. As your personal, you, some of us get our identity from it. 
we should not be. We get our prestige from our car. I don't know about here, but in Nigeria, you go to an office to negotiate a deal or a job. You want the guy to walk you out, so you just hold your key. He needs to see what, the, the, what you packed outside. So when people want to go for such a thing, if their car is not so, they come to borrow cars so that... Um, and the people too, these CEOs and all that, even if they don't escort you out, they will open their windows. They want to see what you drove to come in. Possession. And that one, when it gets out of hand, that's what creates greed, covetousness, and leads to all kinds of evil just to get money. You heard that the love of money is the root of what? But God puts that desire in people to want to have certain basic needs of life and certain things. It's not a bad thing. Then if you move further up, you meet this need again of the human person is the need of our ego, the need for appreciation, for recognition, for respect. So at this level, people look for power. People look for recognition. People look for fame. People look for respect. That need is higher than the need for money. Because at this time, you are dealing with the human soul. You see, I've shown you two appetites in the body, two in the soul. And these ones in the soul are the most vicious when they get corrupted. They turn a human being into a demon. You hear about dictators. You hear about people who abuse power, who oppress people, who find things that they find they are significant by making other people small. People who are sadists. They don't like themselves. They don't feel good about themselves. So they want to oppress every other person around them. And the worst one is people that love them that are close. They backstab people. It is a venom that is coming from their soul. They have not found what the scripture is talking about. The healing balm of Gilead. The healing power of grace. The healing power that comes from the cross. The healing power that comes from knowing who you are in Christ. The redemptive, the transforming power that comes from finding your purpose. And finding your identity in Christ. So, if you see what this is doing to a lot of people. Some now think they will use relationship and sex and drugs and all of that to calm all of these pains down. It doesn't calm it down. The highest appetite, the highest, 
is not the appetite of the body. It's not the appetite of the soul. It's an, the appetite of the human spirit. Just like your body craves for food to survive. And when you have burned the fuel, you're putting your body to a point. Your body starts crying out. You're hungry. Your stomach will be screaming. When you have burned some of the water resources, in your, it gets to a point. Test pang holds you. That's how the human spirit has hunger for God. God put it in us. We are born with it. We are created with it. A heart cry for his presence. This cry of the human spirit cannot be satisfied with food. It cannot be satisfied with possessions. It cannot be satisfied with popularity. It cannot be met with any other thing. It cannot be filled with sex. It cannot be satisfied with any other thing. Is the presence of God that feeds my spirit. It is the word of God that feeds my spirit. There is an emptiness, a void that God put in us when he created us. Human beings are designed like a car, like your car. I know that Tesla is warming up, he's trying to create driverless vehicles. We are not created to be without drivers. We are created with a seat for us in the front and a seat for the Holy Spirit. Our life is not meant to just be driven by us, by self by self-accomplishment and all of that. No, 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 no. And if we don't give him his rightful place, our life goes out of control and the car ends up in an accident and a lot of things go wrong. A lot of things will go wrong. The U.S. when you had the Holy Spirit incubating this nation. The U.S. when you had the Bible in your schools. The U.S. when you had young people raised with moral values. It's different from this, your new U.S. you created that is now empty of the driver. The Holy Spirit is supposed to have a primary place in your heart. You see the Christian life, you can make promises to yourself, make to God want to be a good person. You want to be better. You want to be a better husband, a better wife. When you finish, you will realize that you fail again. Why? You have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. There's such a thing as walking in the Spirit. It's a Spirit-led life, Spirit-controlled life. When you become Spirit-filled, it balances your temperament. You might be melancholy. You might be phlegmatic. You might be the type that is an introvert. Something will balance. There is spirit-controlled temperament. The best of you, the full flavor, like the colors of the rainbow, the full, the real you that God designed will not come out because that breath is back in you again. When he finished making that man, he put something in him. And that thing is supposed to be the engine. Powering the human spirit that now powers the external body. The soul and the body. A spirit-filled man is not just a three-in-one like we said. Man is a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. It's more like four-in-one. Because his spirit is indwelled, is infused with the Holy Spirit. 
that person functions well. So the Lord taught me, he said, you see, if you learn periodically, because this principle is this, when the lower hunger are so satisfied and filled up, you know what they do? They switch off the spiritual hunger. Too much indulgences of the flesh and too much indulgences of the soul switches off your spirit. It's not in there anymore. You become like a person that is drowning. There is a giant inside you, but it's not unlocked. Hello. So, the person is a Christian, no? he's just powerless. Just. So, what hunger does is to balance back these appetites. I mean, fasting. Balance it back. And put the flesh where it belongs. Put the soul where it should be. And awakens the latent power of the human spirit and most powerfully the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And then in that order, the spirit of God governing your life and the empowered, the spirit-filled life helps you to get your lower self under control. That's why when you walk in the spirit, you're not under the law. You don't need external rules to control you because the law of God is now functioning in your heart. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. It's not for me. As long as your spirit filled and you're walking in the spirit, you don't need all those things because you won't do it. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? If you're going to live the Christian life, if you're going to be powerful in God, this is the key. And I'm, I'm not going to now show you the second key, so I can close. How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit is the key. The question I want to answer for you. And how do you now maintain it? I, I used to be anointed, though. I don't know what happened. It's possible that America happened to you. Comfort. Freedom. But freedom without restriction always leads to disaster. That's why sometimes you buy those cars, you know. This one I got, 240 kilometers. That's freedom. You can blow that on the express. Just put your leg on acceleration. But next to your accelerator is a brake. You see the control? That's the one that saves your life. See that jet that brought us here? He ran, speed, and took off. There was no control. We will still be flying. No? We say, no, you have passed. We are heading to Texas. The guy will cross the Atlantic and continue. When he finally gets to where he will, he will plunge. You must have the stop button in you. That's part of what the Holy Spirit does in you. The Holy Spirit constraints.
So how do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Jesus told us that. John chapter 7, verse 37. He said, if anyone tests, you should come to me and drink. That's infilling. It's, it's done through drinking. That's what I want to explain to you. Drinking. Then he also said, when you now drink, out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. So that is the outflow. So Dr. Chile, the inflow before the outflow. If a pastor is not powerful, the problem is I laid hands on this, nothing happened. No, no, no. Stop worrying about that. Go and check the inflow. Because you can't give what you don't have. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You plug in that thing, it's supposed to be charging. It's either you have problem with connection or you have problem with power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, since I've been coming to U.S., I've, I've been here for many, many years. I've been coming. I, I've never seen them take light. I saw it two days ago or three days ago. Yeah, there was heavy rain in our area and, you know, next thing light went off. Wow. I came out. I wanted to be sure that it happened to the whole neighborhood. Everywhere, light was off. So I started making calls. I was worried. U.S., they said, no, it's not out of, it's an outage. You know, you guys have names for everything. It's just an outage. I said, which one is outage? You've, your light failed. This is what we see in Africa. He said, no, you know, because of st uh, storm and all of that, so it will be bad. So I told her, mark the time when the light went off. Let's see how long it takes them to bring it back. Anyway, true to their word, after about an hour, 30 minutes, or close to two hours, the light came back. I said, two hours, not too bad. Not too, I can live with that. Because, you know, back home, when an outage happens, one of the biggest business there is generator. You know what is called generator? You, I don't see generator in the U.S. How can you have a house without generator? If you have a block of flats, six flats, there are six generating sets. And some have two. Because this one has worked for so much, it has broken down, so you give it a sister. Okay, so inflow. Everyone say inflow. Then outflow. Say outflow. Okay, inflow is called the infilling. How you get it? Get that anointing in you. Outflow is now power transmission. So the first is generation. Second, the transmission. And I will not bother to discuss all the laws of generation because prayer is the number one. Oh, fasting does wonders there. I don't need to tell you that, you know. But, but let's deal with the simple and basic law of generation. Everyone say drinking. That's good.
I'll give you one scripture. Please say, they that separate themselves from themselves, having not the spirit. These are believers, though, but they don't have the Holy Spirit. That's one of the laws. Because power is the result of connection, 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 connection. When Elijah wanted to bring fire, he said, put the woods in order. If you do only one wood, it will last for a while. The fire will go off. Connection. That's why we need fellowship. That's why we need communion. You don't, Christianity, some people say it's a personal race. That's partial truth. There's a personal side to it. So, while you have a prayer life, have a prayer partner. While you have a worship life, make sure you attend church. These are sensual persons. You see, they are not spiritual. They are sensual. So what is driving them is the flesh and their soul. And in this type of life, there will be a lot of sin. There will be a lot of things dominating instead of the Holy Spirit. Canal people, these people, type of believer, who cause divisions not having the Spirit. Okay, give me another translation. Sometimes they don't cause division. What they do is that they separate themselves. They believe in individualism. And I see a lot of people teaching that this day. You don't need to go to church because maybe they've seen a few pastors that fail. You don't need all this church thing. It's just a personal race. Stay you and God, you are going to die dry. What if your eyes start that philosophy? You don't need the body. You can just do it. After all, I'm an eye. I can see. Bring your eye. Let's see how it works on sand. Let it become his own. Nobody's an island. God put us in the body of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just like everybody needs family. It's not good for man to, do, you know, to dwell alone or to be alone. That's how it is with the spiritual life. So sometimes because, you know, I also move with people that are on fire. If you are carrying fire, make sure your association is the type that ignites. Don't hang around wet branches. They will put your fire out. When it comes to this thing, relationship matters. Hello. These are they that separate. You see, they're not causing division. They're just, they believe in individualism. It's a private thing. Just stay in my house and all that. What if everybody start practicing that? We don't need hospital. It's a private thing. Just stay in your house. Oh, you don't need schools anymore. It's a private thing. Just stay in your house and read anatomy and physiology. You become a doctor. You can read it till Jesus returns. You will still not be a doctor. You don't become a pilot because you read all the books on piloting. Why do you think we still go to school for that? I can buy you. Try to practice what you're preaching with the body of Christ, with your own children. Oh, you don't need school. You don't need all this, whatever. Just here is anatomy. Here is physiology textbook. Here is this thing. Just stay here. You become a doctor. No institution that certifies people will give you any certification. 
if you like, read your... Because you will kill people. Just like your body is, that's how the body of Christ is. Just like you have many cells in it, many organs, that's how you, you are an organ in the body. So there is an aspect of this that is corporate. There is an aspect of it that is individual. Just trying to help you put it in balance. Okay, let's talk about drinking. Because what I'm about to say now, nobody can do for you. So, you know, we have corporate responsibilities, but we have individual. Of course, what is non-transferable responsibilities in life? Nobody can go to the toilet for you. Nobody can eat for you. There's nothing like I'm eating, it's entering your tummy. Nobody can sleep for you. I know you love your husband. But can you just sleep? Maybe even go two, two days and, and then transfer it into me. He will break down if he doesn't get sleep. Nobody can eat for you. That's how it is with water. Dehydration and then from dehydration you will enter crisis and the man will die if you don't drink water. That's what happens with this subject of the Holy Spirit. If you are thirsty, then come and drink. Now, how do you drink? Number one law, you don't drink with your mouth open. First of all, you drink with your mouth. How many of you have tried drinking with your nostrils? How well does it work? Eh? How many of you have tried drinking with your eyes? Hmm? But that's what a lot of people do in church. It's time for worship. You see some of them, they become observers of worship. They think they are in a sports hall, an entertainment That's what some of some put their hand in the pocket. Yeah, my friend, give it to me. Yes. They think a worship leader is a performer. And actually in America, you have many of them that have become performers. Is somebody serving you water? So you drink with your mouth. And the law is that nobody drinks with his mouth closed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is drinking water. This is the process. Now, another person, it doesn't work. What is the consequence? No anointing. No power in your life. You see this a lot. Closed mouth means that the funnel cannot receive water. You, you close the funnel. Next time you go to filling station to fuel your car, close the tank and see if it will happen. 
So no matter what is poured out that day, the only person who stank did not receive him feeling is the man. Even when they were singing, I saw it right here. Don't worry, I'm here to help you, eh? not to condemn you. Because the problem is, we're not getting the result, but we don't know what we're doing wrong. At the end of the day, we think, okay, God doesn't like me. He doesn't like all these things I'm talking about. I don't know why. The Holy Spirit always bypasses me by. Maybe the only time you will sing is, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. When they sing that one, you remember because you've been dry. Ah, the other time, you're enjoying music. No. If you want to be filled, you are filled with your mouth. That's how you, the Holy Spirit, yes. yes. This is the, the tank. You open it up. That's from where the thing enters. This infilling is like going to filling station. And you don't just do it once. You have to maintain it. You have to keep refueling it. Because Okay, 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 okay. Somebody said, this pastor is really forging up some of these things. I'm hearing what you are saying. Where is this thing in the Bible? Okay. Let me not answer you, sir. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. I told you it's a technology. There is a dynamics, a process to it. Now watch it. Be not drunk with wine. You see, the way you drink wine is the way you drink the other one. He's making comparison between the two. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know how you get filled with the Holy Spirit? The same way you drink water or drink wine. So he now explains how you do the drinking. Look at it. Yes? Speaking. Everyone says speaking. Dr. Chile, anytime you practice this, you will have the anointing to fulfill your ministry. The times you don't practice is when you come, you are flat. And he's a natural man talking to natural people. Everybody's dead. The power of your sabbath, the power of your ministry, the power of your Christian life depends on whether you're spirit-filled or not. Everyone says speaking. So you, now you understand what we mean by you don't close your mouth. Some of the things you speak are psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. And then there is now this melody that comes from. This is spontaneous worship. This one is not just because somebody has done it. When you learn to do the ones that are already known, the ones sometimes that are written in hymn books, and then other ones that we sing in church, there will be times that now the Holy Spirit gives you a song. There are some of those times you wake up, it is a melody from the heart. And this is how music is born. You want to know the secret of inspirational music and all of that. Yes. There are sometimes when they give you this melody in the heart, it is a song you already know. 
Eh? But this moment, you just woke up or you're on your own. The thing is flowing in your spirit. Maybe you sang it in church, oh. But this is now Tuesday. Or maybe this Monday evening. But that song now is good. Open your mouth and give it expression. The whole anointed, your tank gets full again. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Open your Once you open the tank and give expression to that, the, ooh, the thing will get filled. If you had a sick child at home, everybody has been praying, your family has held hands, you have begged God, all this begging does not work. The anointing is what, what? Breaks the yoke. Once you do that, and then this thing, what arises in you, go and lay hands and speak to that same boy, he will be healed immediately. The thing does not work because it's Pastor David. It doesn't work because his name is some big man of God. His name is Benihin. It works because of the anointing. It's the same way the law of electricity will work for a child, work for an adult, work for a doctor, work for a non-doctor. That's how this thing works. Hello. Be filled with the Spirit speaking. Not complaining. Not murmuring. You speak those kind of things, you drain away the remaining power. The battery will be flat. You want to have power? Speak Psalms. Somebody said, how do you do that? Just take scriptures. It doesn't have to be the Psalms of David. It can be, those ones are really heavy. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, I, even if I'm not a music minister, I don't know how to sing it, you can speak it. The important thing is that your mouth is moving. The tank is getting full. Is somebody here? Take the word of God. Take scriptures. And begin to speak it. Things that adore God. Things that bless him. Things that they defy. And just start speaking it. And all of a sudden, the engine will come on. You might sometimes, especially if you're, you're, you're on reserve, you might have to do, you know how some cars, then it will not pick. So you might do that for a while. Five minutes, two, ten minutes, it picks up. Yes. But me, because I live in this, I don't need to waste five minutes. I bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless anybody that know any scripture. Just lift up your hands and just speak it out. Bless God with it. Oh my God.